Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the Open Goal Podcast, keeping the ball on the ground in association with our friends at William Hill. Si, we've got our very own Simon Ferry with us this morning. How you doing, Si? I have a bit rough, mate. Aye. To be honest, I have. I'm, I'll not tell you, but we're in the Midlands yesterday doing an interview. Is it Midlands, interview. Is it, isn't it? Aye, the Midlands, uh, aye. The place was a shithole, so I had to get on the drink straight away. <laughs> If he's not kind to me after, in this interview, that's, that's, I'll tell them where you are. That's after, the, that's after the interview. After the interview. Aye, that's all right. Nah, as, long, as long as it was after, you've got to, you've got to retain your, your professionalism. Uh, right, sitting beside you, we've pulled it out of the bag. He's the man. We've pulled it out of the bag again. We're, we're going to try and do 45, 50 minutes, but we might stretch to about 55 minutes by the time we mention all his clubs. This guy's played for Celtic, Rangers, Hearts, Swansea, Dundee, St Johnston, Edinburgh City. Swansea Elgin Swansea top man me Brendan Rodgers and Paolo uh-huh. Sousa West Brom strongest man in Britain as well by the by the way you're right I've played a couple of games of six against him uh-huh. and even the size of me I've bounced off him a couple of times <laughs> still been in the winning team right enough but I've bounced off him you told me he was hopeless was he? it's not about size you just he's need to lovely. use it he's got lovely, lovely oh, quick feet you're right there mate <laughs> he's got love to be fair to him for a big boy he's got lovely quick feet has he? wow yes lovely quick when feet when did you get him? very soft it's very soft nimble uh-huh. feet I like that anyway We'll not keep the listeners in suspense any longer. Our guest this morning, we're delighted to say, is the top man, former Scotland striker, Craig Beatty. Craig, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks, Thanks for having for, me. No, delighted to have you on the programme. Are you a listener? You like the podcast? Yes, I'm a, I'm a regular. <laughs> Tune in on the way to work, put my phone in the, the seat, safely of course, and then listen to the, the banter on the way to work, so no, I thoroughly enjoy listening to them. Well, bro, you know the standard that we, that we, we uh, require then. Um, right, a few topics for you. Today we're going to look back on the weekend, obviously, uh, big talking points, the game at Ibrox, Rangers against St Mirren, uh, big one for Celtic um, at St Johnston, and uh, we will look at Man United, the job that Ole Solskjaer's doing, and then we'll have a look back on Craig's career at the different clubs, the different influences he's had as managers and coaches, and uh, since uh, leaving Elgin a couple of weeks ago, what his plans are, uh, perhaps going forward, if he wants to get back playing, if he wants to get into coaching, or if he wants to into the media we'll find out a wee bit more uh, about that ok only one place to start Si uh-huh. Ibrox Rangers v St Mirren first of all comfortable <coughs> win for Rangers a deserved victory for Rangers but the talking points were the decisions by referee Andrew Dallas to give Rangers four penalty kicks out of the four how many do you think were merited uh, one probably the first one I would say was it the four that went down the first one you think that was a penalty I thought that was a penalty yeah uh-huh. Uh, who was it that done it on it? The wee young guy, the young guy sticks his leg in, I think that's a penalty. The very first one, yeah. yeah the very first yeah, one. And the then very first one, yeah. After that... Erehon. <laughs> Erehon, that's it. After that, I just... Andrew Dallas and his old man must have been skelting pints the night before the game because... <laughs> what, I don't know what he's seen. How can you, he's five yards away for every incident and he gets every single one of them wrong. Um, 
like we were saying off air, conspiracy. I don't think so. I just think he's he's not the best referee. I don't know why he's still doing the, the top flight every week. At least um, he's consistent. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right there, mate. But he's uh, he's consistently hopeless, isn't he? Do you know what consistently think? rubbish. What giant beats? Oh, I've got I've got a gripe with the referees, mate. The, oh, yeah, the yeah. standards so poor. Um, obviously, we've seen that at the top level, but me and you for the last few years have been playing the, the lower leagues, so. Mm. You know, if, if the listeners are, are pulling their hair out watching what it's like in the Premiership, just imagine what it's been like for us the last few years in the well, League okay, One and League well, Two. Let's let's pick up on that point because I just want you you've said there that the, that the standards poor. How does it compare, Craig, to when, for example, when you were breaking into to, to Scottish football fourteen, fifteen, sixteen years ago? Can you remember that the, the standard back then when you were talking about Sam said you've got guys like like Hugh Dallas and 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 Willie Young and and, and referees like that. I think, I think firstly, I think these guys had a lot more respect. I think they were a lot kind of more senior figures in the game within the game, mm-hmm. so they had a lot more respect. But I can never remember the the debate and and all this nonsense surrounding you know talking about the referees and the decisions. I, I don't know about you, Sai. No, no, I, I don't know. Like you say, it was all older guys, wasn't it, who mm-hmm. commanded respect and you could speak and, to and them. That's and, right. They earned uh, it. They earned the respect. The, 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 the boys yeah. running about. They've, the they've, shoulder, they've, they've got no uh, personalities. As if they've some of them as if they, they were good at football. So. I'm, I'm going to become a referee and ruin it. Like that's that's genuinely <laughs> what it feels like when you're on the park at times. That's that's one thing I've I've said before. Apart from some of the, the decisions that are made by the referees, but if we're talking about Andrew Dallas specifically just now, and I've said it before, that's one thing that I think he really has to work on, and it's something that's not difficult, but it shouldn't be because it's not about a split second decision during ninety minutes on a Saturday. His his manner towards players, I think, mm-hmm. he's too confrontational. It's, it's if he looks too angry. All the time, and I've never actually seen Andrew Dallas smile with a player. Yeah. You know, diffuse a situation, put an arm around him, smile. You know, just a wee bit of. And you actually put an arm around a player nowadays, though you get accused of being his pal and in favour in that team. Though they're under so much pressure. Yeah, it's yeah. a tough but, job, God. Do you know? I, going back to the initial question, Matt, I think I think social media has got a huge part to play for it. I think it's a platform that puts everything out there for the public to debate and to go on and they mull over it and there's memes getting made right, left and centre and I think it magnifies everything. Yeah. Whereas there was no social media when we were coming through, so yeah. you know, you would maybe read about it in a newspaper. If you don't buy the newspapers, you don't read about it and then True. a yeah. quick discussion at work on a Monday morning and then you get on with your work. But now it's just magnified all week long until until the next day. Well, because everybody's by, yeah, yeah, good, good. Uh-huh. Everybody that. has, as you say, everybody now has a <laughs> That's why you get paid the big bucks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> everybody has now a platform to go and say something and you say there's, there's four and seven nights a week, there's radio, uh, there's, there's newspapers there's, you can there's phone a prime example. Your man after the old firm game and he's John Beaton. John Beaton, right. And you know, if that was however long ago, fifteen, sixteen years ago, that would never have come out but there's, there's pictures then for, mm-hmm. for certain pubs and he's related to this and that and this is where he drinks and this is and this is the team he supports and then that's just flooded through social media and all of a sudden it's it's a massive witch hunt now I don't know who he supports or where he was drinking but that would never have happened back in the day Do you think should come out and, like in England that they do that they need to tell you what team they support do you think that should happen? I heard them debating uh, that the other night on uh, on BBC Sports Sound and yeah I, I don't have a problem um, with it but in this part of the world, does that just add fuel to the fire? I don't know. The west of Scotland, it's impossible. Yeah, mm-hmm. impossible. See, the thing, wee Willie gets a hard time, Willie Collin, but see, when Willie referees you, you can't hear laugh him. So you, do you know what I mean? And that, I, that's why I quite <coughs> enjoy doing it uh, when Aye. Willie referees you. There's others that are good as well because they'll, they'll talk to you. you know Which what other mean? ones do you like, Sig? Fuck, I don't know any of their names, I just go in their looks. <laughs> uh, there's a wee guy that does the lower leagues, and I think he should be moved up. He's, he's brilliant. We, we, um, he looks like he's never left his bedroom for about 10 years, but he's. Uh, He's really good, 
He's only young, I think he's only like 19 or something, yeah, but he loves open goal, name. I will find out. You need he, to find he out always, But see things like, see before you get, get the game. You've got to get a balance, if there's good ones out there, let's we'll get, get them up, let's find But see before the game, you'll say to you like, by the way, I love, I love your open goal stuff. Do you know what I mean? So you think he, he's a football fan there. You must be a Peter Head fan. You must be getting a fan. That's how you're up there at the top of the line. He's forgot, he's missed out the sentence that he says next to him, I love your open goal stuff, but by the way, you're a shite midfielder. By the way, I remember playing down south, right? And I'm probably having a stinking game again, right? Touches all, <laughs> touches all over the place, right? Every time I touch it, I get away. But I'm shouting at referee, I'm calling him for everything. So he blew the whistle and shouted him in. He says, big man, he says, I come here to get away from my fucking wife moaning at me. Go on, pack it in. He says, it's not my fault you can't control the ball. And I went, oh, right, okay. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You can't say that, that's sexist. Now. What, what, what's <laughs> there, um, on that thing, because you spent a number of years down the road, Swansea, West Brom, etc. Was there more of a relationship, do you think, or more of a willingness from, from referees to calm things down and have a wee bit of banter with players down the road yeah I, I do think so yeah. yeah I think I think that's how you that's the best way to manage the game mm-hmm. you know get get a bit of a kind of relationship don't come across as arrogant because the players just get their back up and, and instantly they're just going to slaughter you mm-hmm. you know I've seen decisions given where both teams are moaning about this, the one decision you mm-hmm. think if there's a foul one team's got to be happy about it but you, you see both you know both parties kind of moaning um, so what difficult if, job what gets me you've just Possibly hung up your boots there a couple of weeks ago. You might come back in. You're, you're still playing. When, when we talk about referees, and sometimes they don't help themselves. For example, the incidents we're talking about on Saturday, Ibrox. But for me, one thing where referees, <coughs> I feel sorry for them, and where players need to take responsibility in football clubs is when players deliberately try to cheat <laughs> and con a referee, and they do it well, and the referee ends up getting the blame for no spot, and the player cheat more as the culprit is the player who has been cheating. As players still involved, do you know, think that that's wrong and that's something that players and clubs need to take some kind of responsibility and clean that up? And it's strikers, though, isn't it? Big, you fl- have you ever flung yourself down in the box? No, flung yourself, but if there's a slight bit of contact. Never, never a flat out dive. Never, but uh, there'll be occasions where, and I'm going to give you a good example of one in a minute, that um, you can sense certain situations, you can sense if somebody's running. And and if you play for the contact, you're you're allowed to put your body in and, and take the contact, and it can still be a foul. It's not it's not mm-hmm. cheating. Um, scenario at Edinburgh City last year. We, we were playing at home. I'm sure it was against Elgin, um, and this had no kind of outcome in the game. I was denied a penalty kick and booked for diving. Right now we've got a corner. The ball's gone back out towards the corner flag. I've had a wee glance over my shoulder, and I've seen the fullback sprinting out, thinking I can beat this big lump to the ball here. So I've seen him coming. I've stepped across his path. He's not, I've, I've slowed my run down, which you're entitled to do, mm. right? I don't need to run out his way. I've slowed my run down and he has clattered into the back of me. So I'm over. The referee's run over. Now, the, the contact was clear as day. So if he doesn't think it's a, if, if he thinks it's not a penalty, it's not a penalty. But it can't possibly be a booking. Uh-huh. He's booked me for simulation. So absolutely fuming, right? So finished his game. We, went, we won 4 nothing. Um, sitting in the changing room after the game and I thought, I've calmed down a wee bit now. I'm going to go and speak to him. So I get into the dressing room, bang, bang, bang. And I get in a wee bit of bad, oh, diving, what's that all about? And I'm laughing and joking. And I sit down and I, and I talk to him and the linesman. Um, I says, surely you've no done me for booking there. Like, I can't believe that. There was 100% contact and it's a penalty kick. No, it's no. And then the linesman chipped up and he's gone, I was talking to him as well. You've initiated the contact and it was definitely a dive. It was simulation, right? We've got a wee guy that comes to the games who filmed it. They had to rescind it. Right. So I've walked in there to have a mature conversation with the referee and the linesman who both come up with the same story. This is exactly what happened. It's definitely a booking. He then had to go back and rescind a yellow card because it was so blatantly. Who was obvious. the ref? Don't know. Were they quite arrogant when you went back in? They were absolutely fine because I, right. I went in in good humour. Uh-huh. But they've obviously had 
they've had a discussion to say, right, well, this is this has got to go down the simulation. I booked him for diving, so this is what's happened basically. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't because they had to go back and reverse their decision mark. Imagine it's you're part of that goes well, Craig, when they talk about <laughs> when actually referees, they know the rules and they can tell you that the letter of the law, but they don't actually know the game. There's a difference. Hundred percent. Uh-huh. That's yeah. why ex-players should be doing it. Eh? There should be a pathway, a, a pathway for ex-players to get in the referee. I've asked the same question, and to get to the top level where you would want to be refereeing, we've not ex-players have not got enough time to get yeah. there through the process that. that, that oh really? It would take too many years. Yeah. That's yeah. that's. Because you need to be pulled out what 44, 45 now, don't you? You're yeah. pretty much getting pulled uh, yeah. away from. Uh-huh. So if you hang your boots up. It, at 35 to go through this you're right you've not got anywhere near enough time no. like see these scenarios on pitches when you're watching games and wee things happening you can tell that what a player's doing because you've, you've been in that situation you've done it and referees kind of see that they be things you know I what used I mean? to train with John Kennedy who used to delay his tackle by two seconds so he could blutter you <laughs> he, could have, he could have got to the ball and stepped <laughs> down and passed it from behind but he would delay it and I knew what he was doing you know that way if you, if you read it and you see it coming thinking he slowed down there so uh-huh. he could take a bit like he was a big yeah, 100% boy, right uh-huh. uh, just uh, touching back quickly um, to Ibrox Jermaine Defoe does he dive is he thinking about diving and then he's like oh, I'm going to get back up because I don't want to get booted because I'm going to embarrass What did you make of the the full situation with the tackle with Paul McGinn? I think he uses McGinn putting his leg out to jump into him, mm-hmm. which you see a lot of strikers yeah. doing. Um, it's probably something what Beat says. I don't know if it's a dive, but you're you're, you're obviously trying to inf- uh, initiate contact. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're trying to hit, hit his leg off your leg to go down. Um, it's I not think the back he's me. got up quickly, no claim for it. And I'd uh-huh. say, okay, he's thinking about it. He's tried it, but he's. He's not rolling about the ground, he's looking for it, but Andrew Dallas is too quick just to point out the he's, spot. He's anticipating the contact as yeah. well. <laughs> That's it. You know, uh-huh. a, you know, a bit of anticipation. But again, I watched the game during the week, I sat with my wee boy during the week and I watched the game and I can't remember who it was. And it was a blatant foul in the box. It didn't go down. He stayed mm-hmm. in his feet. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he didn't get the penalty because uh-huh. he didn't go down. Mm-hmm. So see if you're not going to get the decisions that you should be getting by being honest. Being on your feet. Why would you know? Yeah, true. Why would you, there's I there's remember that game as well. Was it a game down south? It was, I. I, I can't remember who it was. And I'm, I'm talking about sitting looking and I'm going, go down. Why is he not going down there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not advocating diving, but uh-huh. there was contact. Yeah. You don't get a foul if you don't go down. Don't go down. On that penalty kicks, have you ever played in a game or known a game to four? I can only remember three Aberdeen v Celtic at Pitorji. Uh, Celtic get three penalties. I think it was Willie Young, was the ref. I think Celtic missed one or two. Craig Burley, maybe. Taking them, but I remember three penalties that day. But apart from that, I can't remember certainly four ever nah. in a game in Scotland. No, definitely not. Can nah, remember. I remember, yeah. you remember Jim O'Brien? Go on. We, we played in a Youth Cup final game, and Jim O'Brien dived at Ibrox and he got uh, booked for it. And uh, he got I was probably in the first team by then. Yeah, <laughs> 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 he gave the Rangers fans the, the V's because they were slaughtering them. After he got in the Polish game and pulled them for getting the uh, Rangers fans the V's, <laughs> worst night of his life, man. Is that when he took up a guitar? <laughs> <laughs> Stevie, just Stevie Clark has had his beef with, with, with referees uh, this season. Is highlighting in his press conference the other day. The lack of consistency, you know, mm-hmm. players getting booked for celebrating, players not getting booked for celebrating. One of his players, Jordan Jones, early in the season up at Dens Park, um, won uh, command up a penalty, then got a retrospective two-game ban because there was simulation, but he said, well, why is there not action against Jermaine Defoe for a similar thing um, there on, on Saturday? Can you see why managers get frustrated at, at the lack of consistency? Uh, of course you can <laughs> but the thing is Jordan, I think Jordan Jones was much more at a dive than Jermaine Defoe's mm-hmm. at Dundee I, yeah. I mean his was a bit embarrassing I thought do you know what I mean he, mm-hmm. he slung himself over whereas as I say Defoe's trying to win the penalty by using Paul McGinn sticking his leg out um, the one for me was the Celtic one where 
Forrest gets booked for going into the crowd and then we had this exact yeah. same thing five minutes he doesn't get booked yeah. I mean stuff like that that, that doesn't add up does doesn't it? No. I mean what is it just a lack of concentration is it Willie's thinking about what he's going to do the night that, that Sunday night with his bird do you know what I mean I mean how, how can you know just it's five minutes later it's not like it was at the start of the game and then the end of the game that's you've, black and white you've just done it five minutes ago why have you not done it again Yeah. and if you're James Forrest you're, you're fuming yeah. you know what I mean you're obviously not wanting your pal to get booked but you're thinking why have I been booked for the exact same thing and that's the sort of stuff that, that really baffles yeah. you with the referees, eh? As soon as you go into the crowd, as soon as you leave the park, the first person off that, that instigates the players leaving the park gets a yellow card. Um, he was already on one, he would have been sent off. Um, Who was that? Where? Was, where? was he on booked already? Was he on a yellow card already, yeah. Most enthusiastic player I've ever seen, man, isn't he? He's on fire, no wonder. Yeah, well, for, for an 18 year old kid, just listening to him being interviewed, he's so mature as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you think, at 18, you think, what, Celtic sign an 18 year old, what's kind of. Impact is he going to have? But my God, he's, he's, he's got a better. He's like a young Craig Beatty by it. Eh? Aye, yeah. aye. Having that, happy. He's, he's got a better goals ratio already. <laughs> 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 but no, listen. Whether it's referees, penalty decisions, bookings, whatever it is, all all people are looking for is consistency. And the closer we get to having complete consistency, the less sort of debate we'll have. Mm. Hey, on on that, again, we're just we're highlighting Andrew Dallas. He had a bad decision. The League Cup final, um, Celtic v Aberdeen. They gave a penalty. Celtic was never a penalty Aberdeen were right to be human a few days later he awards St Johnson a penalty against Hearts that is never a penalty kick Gary Caldwell again picks up on his manner on the on the park uh-huh. at a St Mirren game just in terms of how he manages um, a game of football on the pitch you've then got the incidents on Saturday at what point does there need to be accountability and, and does it need to be made public do you know I had this debate this morning with a joiner yeah, at eight o'clock. Right. I thought you were going to say it was a wee boy. No, <laughs> we, 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 we had a joiner. I was I had a joiner and fixing the house this morning, uh-huh. and we started talking about it. Um, a really, really difficult one to answer because I feel if we start holding these guys accountable, it's going to deter people from wanting to get into the yeah, game. Uh-huh. Um, punishments in place is not going to th- it's not going to help anybody. I don't think punishing them is going to make them make them better. I think it would probably make them more nervous and and more apprehensive going into a match and, and more inclined to then make mistakes mm-hmm. um, putting them down the divisions to Championship League 1 you know why should us guys get stuck with the guys that make mistakes <laughs> at the top likewise if they can't handle the pressure with us 8, 12, 15, 40,000 in the Premiership what, what are they going to learn from refereeing in front of 400 people in the in you the, think in that's what the problem is Beats, they, they get nervous with the big crowds and stuff like that, I, think, I think they're under so much scrutiny nowadays mm-hmm. um, and there's so many cameras and, and TV angles that cover absolutely everything whereas back in the day there was maybe only one or two cameras you're not catching everything they, they could get away with it but uh-huh. every single decision gets gets scrutinised nowadays at, at what point I always use with referees in terms of Andrew Dallas and we've highlighted a, a number of mistakes if you use the analogy if you are say a centre forward or you're a goalkeeper and you keep missing chance after chance after chance or if you're a goalie and you keep dropping the ball dropping the ball and cause your goals at which point does it not become the striker's fault or the goalkeeper's fault and actually becomes the manager's fault for continuing to select them so my point is at what point actually see, it's no Andrew Dallas's fault because he's clearly for, for whatever reason at this stage he's not up to it he's not in the right frame of mind I mean, he's been taken out and it's the people above him that actually be doing more, more to, to help him what, what what is this? Does see every ref that referees on a Saturday? Does somebody go and assess them and watch them? Yeah, every? yeah, and they uh, get a so, mark. So why is it just the same ones that are doing the SPL all the time? It seems to be according to the. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite 
of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com/upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number 1 in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The SFA, the marks happen, but they don't kick in like the next week. You're assessed over, I think, first of all, maybe half a season, something like Why? that. And then, I don't know, because games are given out two or three weeks in advance. So, for example, I think Andrew Dallas is a fourth official this uh, midweek. Like, for example, the Howler out there at Hamden in mm-hmm. the League Cup final. But three days later, he's refereeing St. Johnson v. Hearts and makes another Howler. So, I think there has to be something where yeah. there's, a kinda, there's a system in place where you can remove... A referee from a game, yeah. You know, ah, well, they, they did recently. I think they moved John Beaton from one of the games, did they not? Uh, he certainly refereed after the Old Firm game. He refereed against. Uh, he refereed an Ed United game at Somerset Park the following right. Saturday, and that was during the the, the big teams uh, winter breaks. Mm-hmm. Do you right, not go okay. for a crown bar in the Loudon? <laughs> <laughs> but again, being West Central Scotland and the way, just the way football is here, it's. If they, if they don't have that plan in place that they can then say, well, this guy's been scheduled to referee X, Y, Z, when they make a mistake, if they're going to allocate him a week at a time, then it looks like a conspiracy at the top. top uh-huh. So they've got to put this plan in place where, you know, these are the allocated fixtures for the next month. Mm-hmm. OK, well, we'll see how the, the refereeing decisions go this midweek and on Saturday's the referee, the, the title race starts to hit the business end of the season. Um, OK. Cracking midweek card um, coming up as well as we the, the business end. Two big games... The best one, pick of the bunch, Rangers away to Aberdeen at Petodre, Celtic at Hobie Hibs. First of all, Petodre, Sai, how do you see that going? A must win for Rangers? That's a tough one, because uh, Aberdeen are flying just now. Um, we're getting more and more impressed with Aberdeen. I thought they were great at Hibs on Saturday. Um, the options they've got now, even changed that he went three at the back on, uh, against uh, Hibs. Uh, not looked like they've been playing all year. Uh, they've got good players who can play in a number of positions now and they can change the formation at will, so... I think it'll be a really tough game for Rangers. I think it'll be a draw. Basically, so just remember we talked about you know it's a title race, Celtic v Rangers. Actually, eventually it'll come down to a few games to go. But can you actually see Aberdeen finishing second again, making it five years in a row? But I think they will. I think they'll be up there, Aberdeen. I, um, I think they'll run both Celtic and Rangers close. I don't think they'll finish that that far behind them. Honestly, I don't. Know. Um, 
see how you go through Aberdeen's team now. They're just so strong in every position. I think you know mm. they've got the boy Hoban back, who's playing at the back. He, he was probably their best defender before he got injured. Lowe's flying. The two centre halves look great. Devlin and um, McKenna. McKenna. You know they're good players. They, they players could go and play in, in a set like a Rangers team. I think. Um, and when you've got Stewart and Cosgrove scoring goals, I think see if you've got good players, but you've got a goal scorer at the other end of the pitch. You've always got a chance in the SPL. I think now that Kilmarnock have no got one just now with Brophy out, Boyd, I think they'll fall away. But I think Aberdeen have got guys that can score goals now. Right, quickly, can you give us, you can speak to me a bit more in depth about Celtic v Hibs, but give us a prediction for the game in Pataudry. I'm going to go for an Aberdeen one. Aberdeen one Aye. against Rangers. Yep. Okay. I just that finish Rangers title chances? Um, it probably just it finishes their title chances. I don't think they've got a chance anyway. I think Celtic can run away with it. Um, it's just the, the battle for second place, which... Um, Aberdeen putting Rangers to second place would be a disaster for Steven Gerrard and he's brought good players in in the transfer window but I don't think he's got a formation or, or a style to fit them at the minute right, So just on Celtic v Hibs do you fancy Celtic to beat Hibs? Yes And what do you make of the, the strikers like, like Weah and, and Buck and the, the impact that they've made Do you know what I'm really close with big David Marshall um, who's the goalkeeper down at Hull at the minute um, and he spoke about Burke training with the Scotland squad and he said he's absolutely superb he says he's got Ridiculous potential. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he said, "Like, I'm not going to tell you who he could be like, but uh, he said he could be top, top, top player. Um, he says he could be world class." Seen big Marshall one up last weekend. I thought Flares were banned. Now. <laughs> Doesn't <laughs> surprise it. <laughs> Probably the same ones he had in 2003. <laughs> for the Hibs job, Beach, you get any anyone in mind that you think would be a good fit for the club? Um, I know they were, they were talking about Stubbsy going back in. Um, I don't know whether that'd be a good thing or not. I suppose he's, he's been there, um, so he's probably got a head start if if he was to go in. Whether he needs something totally different, um, I'm not sure. I think that I think the whole Lennon thing happened so quickly that they've they've had no chance to really, um, you know, put a plan in place. Uh, you know, it wasn't like he's they were trying to get him out. Um, it appears like it was an isolated incident and have had to to act pretty quickly. So. Um, Leon Dempster and the Hibs board have got a, a tough job in their hands. I think that'll be a doing at Celtic Park. I think Celtic will bat Hibs. Yeah, I think Hibs is a five. perfect time for Hibs. I think they're they're all over the place watching them Saturday. Well, we'll see if those predictions. I'm actually true. I'm actually going back tomorrow night. Back right. to Celtic Park to watch them for the first time since I left. Is it? I've never been back. Um, aye. Media gig? <laughs> no, no media no. gig. No, oh, no. No, un- unpaid visit. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. They're the best ones usually. Right, okay, brilliant. Uh, we're on the Open Goal podcast, keeping the ball on the ground in association with our friends at William Hill. I'm Mark Guidi, delighted to say, joined by our own Simon Ferry and our special guest is the former Celtic Hearts, Swansea, West Brom, Elgin, Edinburgh, Dundee, St Johnson striker, Craig Beatty. Right, next part of the show, we're very quickly going to touch on Man United, and we do so in association with one of our new backers, the Black Rooster, Piri Piri. If you've not looked in it, you've not been along, get yourself oh, it's along. delicious. It's top drawer, delicious grub. You won't be disappointed. Right, Man United, Ole Solskjaer, how well is he doing, Pete? Incredibly well. Um, and I'm delighted because my two little kids are massive, massive United fans. Certainly not glory hunters, they've been, they have been for a, for a few years now. Um, in fact, I don't know why they picked them, I wish they'd picked Man City. Um, but the, the two boys absolutely love United. Bedrooms all done up and they're all kitted out with all the gear. So, um, Do you used to go to the Celtic bedroom? No. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, <laughs> listen, he's, he's going to be a, a victim of his own success. He started so well, unbeaten in 10, 9 wins in a draw. He's been absolutely different class. Um, got a right tune out of Pogba, which the great Jose Mourinho couldn't do. Um, 
but eventually he's going to he's going to come unstuck where he's, he's going to falter in a few games that he can't keep this up. So eventually he's going to come under a bit of scrutiny when he when this run comes to a halt. The, the way they're playing at the minute, you could never rule them out. Um, the way the way he's got them going. Um, but for me as a Man United manager, I, I think they need a bigger character. And I hope that's not being too disrespectful to, you know, Solskjaer going to win and going to Champions League and, and being a club legend. But I, I feel like they need a sort of a more imposing character, like like a kind of Fergie type. But see, do you think that, that the imposing characters have gone in management now? Because like, I think Mourinho was that imposing character, but I don't think the big players yeah. like those imposing characters anymore. But that's what I, I get. But, you know, I mean, I think they like playing for a guy Solskjaer just lets him go and express himself, didn't he? He's no demanding. I think that's all right, Simon, when you're winning. But uh-huh. but when players, when they're not winning and and the players shit the bed and the results aren't going the way, they're looking for somebody to, they're looking for the character to take the blame. So who you, because they have, they've tried the Mourinho's, they've tried the Van, Van Gaal's, whatever, I mean, like I said, Mourinho did win the Europa League and won an FA Cup and stuff like that, so are you talk about an imposing, do you mean an imposing character, like, I don't know, a Sam Allardyce or something, are you talking about an imposing character in terms of somebody like a Pochettino or a Simeone or a Zidane like you're kind of that's, A-list bracket of that's probably the three that I'm, that I'm thinking about um, and obviously Guardiola's in it at Man City he would be the other one but that's never going to happen yeah. um, but the likes of your Zidane's and, and, and guys like that I'm, I'm thinking along more the lines of so you would you would go for the, the box office appointment rather than somebody that's proven himself at the moment yeah, yeah. what would you do say? I'd stick with him I think the players love him um, you know I always I always judge a team by how they a manager, sorry, how the team runs a bit, and Man United now look like they've run through a brick wall for him. And I, I, I think it could finish Mourinho this, honestly. See, if you're a chairman, you look at how Man United are playing now, and how he had them playing football. I th- I'm a big club now, and there's no way I even look at Mourinho. His style of play, the way he treats players, and then you go and see Man United playing now. And I listened to Ashley Cole last night, and he was talking about his managers at Chelsea, and he was to pick his top two out of list, all his Chelsea managers, and Mourinho wasn't in it. Yeah, Mourinho, uh, Mourinho wasn't in his top two. Um, time as well, and I, I think it was, it was Avram Grant and Scolari. What? Avram Grant? I, I, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. I I'm sure. Well, Scolari was. Scolari was definitely one of them, right? Scolari was definitely one of them. And he just said, we had that freedom. He says both the fullbacks could attack at the same time. And, and without actually mentioning any names, what he was alluding to was the fact that. Mourinho's had the shackles on them and they had to park the bus and they had to yeah, sit in this specific position. He says, and then Scalari's come in and they've had all this freedom to go and play the way they wanted to play. Um, and he was he was the one that he really highlighted as his, his, his best and favourite manager. Right, interesting. Right, who are you going for, Manu? Did you pick one? Manu I'd go Solskjaer. Because he's got the best pair of I'm wanting Zizou in. Zizou. I'm wanting Zidane in. Right, we'll Tommy Gravison's in it. Zizou. <laughs> right, here we go. With the last 10 minutes of the programme, Open Goal Podcast, keeping the ball on the ground in association with our friends at William Hill. I'm one of our new partners, Black Rooster, Piri Piri. I'm Matt Weedy. We've got Simon Ferry. We've got Craig Beatty. What better way to finish? We'll try and sum up or get Craig to sum up in 10 minutes his career. He's been all over the UK. Right, you started as a, as a youth, as a kid at Rangers. You've ended up crossing the divide as a teenager and signing for Celtic. And very quickly, you're playing in, in, in Martin O'Neill's. Uh, first team kicking off season 2003-2004 give us a wee insight into that two or three year period that leads to um, oh, it was playing Rangers youth team top scorer two years running doing really well was took in and told that I wasn't going to get a contract John Brown John McGregor absolutely fine so I managed to sort myself a trial down at Coventry went down there to do pre-season Strachan was the first team manager at the time right. um, got to a 
the final of the, the tournament in Kiel University playing against Celtic right so I'm you know I hate these so-and-sos right so <laughs> the worst worst kept secret in Scottish football certainly involving me right I was a Rangers fan when I was growing up so that actually got me my move to Celtic I was so up for the game beat them 2-0 in the finalist tournament scored the two goals and I think it was Chris McCart that was down there at the time with the youth over to my uncle and my cousins after the game and saying is the big man signed yet no right tell me one of them in here on, on Monday morning to speak to us so I've gone for Saturday morning try to stick it up that Celtic team because I didn't like them much to sitting in the room with Martin O'Neill my mum and dad with the, the old arms round giving it a right, okay well, signed a three year deal absolutely um, once I went in and, and spoke to Martin um, mum and dad said no matter what you do we'll, we'll back you whatever decision you make um, and I suppose as well it must be as a teenager from, from that low of getting released to actually leaving just with all respect sitting with Chris McCart sitting with the, a highly successful manager as you were a kid Tell me that he wants you. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, just Martin and his presence. And, you know, all these number of years later when I meet Martin, he, he still has that same effect on, on me as he did when I was a, a you know, a baby faced 16 year old. He's, he's so imposing. You, you'll know that yourself. You worked with him enough. And to go in there and, and sit with him as, as a kid and him saying, like, listen, I want you to come play for this football club. And it's like, right, okay, give me the contract. So, how was it then at, at that period? Because you've got your Larsons, your Suttons, your Hartsons, your Petros, your Lennons, your Baldies, your Albies. Um, I've got to be honest. I'm probably one of the, the luckiest players that that I've, that I've played. Um, certainly, obviously for for Celtic, but in Scotland to come in here and have that that education was absolutely ridiculous. Um, and it was kind of self learned. Um, very rarely, if ever, did they take you away and say, "Right, you need to do this, you need to do that." You learn through them constantly slaughtering you. You should have been there. You weren't there. You're f and this and f and that and. You know, you had to you had to watch them and learn off them. They would never take you away and sit down and say, right, you need to stand here, you need to do this, you need to run there. It was like you need to go in there and you need to learn, and it was literally sink or swim. Um, who was two questions on that? Who was the biggest mourner, but who was also the biggest mourner, but the best educator in terms of the way he mourned? Um, I was probably the educator because I had to learn, but Lenin and Petrov were horrendous. You know, you could train, but we never ever trained long, but. No, we trained for like 30, 40 minutes and I, you could have been unbelievable for 99% of that training session, give the ball away once and you get absolutely berated to the point where you're thinking, if he shouts me, I'm going to fucking bingo him. Like, I'm not kidding. <laughs> Lenny and Petrov are horrendous. Tomo wasn't great. Um, <laughs> honestly, um, but like I said, you sink or swim, it was probably, it was probably the making of us. Um, you go in there and, and you need to learn to be a man very, very quickly. You need to learn to go in and deal with it and um, I wouldn't have had it any other way. Um, not 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 early on. Um, once I grew a set, you know, laterally, <laughs> then I wouldn't have. I, I wouldn't have took any prisoners. How was it when when Gordon Strachan then comes in? Totally different for for Martin. Martin was was very quiet. Didn't get involved in the coaching. Probably gone from one extreme to to the next. To be honest, um, you know, Martin wouldn't talk to you for three weeks. Um, and all you would hear every day for the minute you were in, the minute you were left, would be Gordon's voice. <laughs> to the point where it got pretty annoying. <laughs> um, but listen, Gordon was a—he was a super, super coach. Um, and he, he, again, he was quite an, an infectious character. Um, but it just never stopped talking. You've had also had when you go down south. You've got Tony Mowbray's paid a, a couple of million quid for you um, at West Brom. You've had then at Swans. You've had Paolo Souza. You've had Brendan Rogers. Who's the best? Who's been the best? Coach? Brendan. Brendan by a, a country mile. Um, he's, he's obviously done his, his his education with the recently slaughtered Jose Mourinho. Um, but when Jose was in his prime, that's when Brendan was at, at Chelsea. Um, 
and he sort of brought a lot of that to, to Swansea um, he walked in on his first day and bear in mind I was a record signing so he's walked in he's put the PowerPoint up on the board and he said I'm going to make this a sustainable Premier League football club and I'm thinking this this guy's like he's on the Dan Mac before he's come in here do you know <laughs> what I mean like he's going to make I'm the record signing and he's going to make us not, not get us promoted a sustainable Premier League football club well did they not go and do it um, absolutely phenomenal um, I've got a lot a lot of respect for Brendan and you know he's, he's by far the best Brilliant. Just to, to finish off, you, you, you won the Scottish Cup twice with, with Celtic, you won it with Hearts in, in 2012, you beat Celtic in the semi. Um, how big was that in, in terms of, do you, do you hear that the, the Edinburgh clubs are St Mirren's Kilmarnock, they want to celebrate and go around the streets, around the town, around the city, which you can't do with the old, old firm. How special was that experience in 2012 with the Jambos? Yeah, uh, do you know what, it was really good. Um, that was my fourth Scottish Cup win and it was it was the best one. Um, and I remember sitting after the game, um, and I didn't, I didn't even have a drink. I was sat with my dad and all after the game, and he's like, "You know, having a beer?" And I was like, "No." He's like, Are "You okay?" And I said, "I'm just enjoying watching the other lads enjoying themselves." Yeah. You know, and I'm fortunate where I'd won, you know, a number of trophies, a number of medals, and I've kind of had all that. But see, to have the impact that I had in the semi-final with the assist and the goal, and then beating the big rivals in the final, to to see them and and their lads had never been to the final before, and. Most of them have probably never been in one since, so I knew that that was their one opportunity to achieve something in their career, and I had obviously quite a big part to play in that in the semi-final. And I've kind of I had a wee kind of internal kind of glow in the the final night where I just sat, I didn't need any drink, I just sat and enjoyed the occasion for the rest of the lads kind of enjoying themselves. On that semi-final, you've scored against Celtic, your, your celebration going behind the goal, jersey off, That's the six-pack. Aye, get the abs out, <laughs> get the flabs out, completely spontaneous. Um, I don't really know. I knew where I was putting the. I knew where I was putting the penalty. Um, I was genuinely the, the coolest guy in the stadium. Celtic fans were shaking themselves in case I come back to haunt them. Hearts fans were, were terrified. You know, some of them even saying I thought you were going to miss it because you used to play for Celtic. Um, I had kind of preempted it um, because Jamie Hamels was a penalty taker, and he had just done his cruise so he was out for the game, and there was no penalty taker announced. So I said to be temps on the bench because I was on the bench um, first during the first half. If you get a penalty, who's going to take it? And he said, I don't know, like Blackie maybe or Rudy if, if we're winning, right? And I'm thinking, right, okay, why? And he says, I think we're going to get a penalty late on and I'm going to stick it down the middle. And he just he looked at me as if I was stupid and obviously that's kind of, that's that's what transpired. But I had already had this in my head, Sizer Foster, if he starts to dive, he's, he's too big to get back, he's, he's out the way and gone. And um, the celebration then was legendary and monumental. Um probably a strange one, um because I'm fit um and still feel like I can play, but at the same time I need to look forward. Um and I'm taking the opportunity at the minute to have a wee look at um some media work. Um you know, I've I've done I've done plenty of that recently and I'm thoroughly enjoying that. Um and also some some coaching and management type stuff so hopefully there's, there's some opportunities come up there has been some some stuff come up um, nothing that's kind of took my fancy at the minute um, but it's just a bit opportunity for me to observe and, and, and learn I suppose um, before you know firing my CV out for every job that comes up Brilliant. So I've enjoyed these couple of yeah. it's been great it certainly has been a pleasure to have Craig Beatty on the Open Goal Podcast keeping the ball on the ground in association with our friends at William Hill it's been a pleasure your eye on the football and we will be back next week with Paul Slane and Kevin Kyle. Enjoy the rest of your week. Cheers. The Innocence Project gives a conservative estimate that there are over 20,000 innocent people currently locked away in U.S. prisons, convicted of crimes they did not commit. 
Unjust and Unsolved, a new true crime podcast from investigative journalist Maggie Freeling and the Obsessed Network tells the stories of these people and these crimes. Maggie began the project by sending letters to people in prison whose stories haunted her, and she heard back from nearly all of them. They all wanted their stories to be heard. Each episode focuses on a single case. The stories are told through original interviews with the convicted person, their loved ones, lawyers, and advocates. Maggie examines the crimes, sharing all the evidence pointing away from the convicted person, and, in some instances, presenting the case for other suspects. Unjust and Unsolved is a compelling mix of investigative journalism and true crime storytelling. Find Unjust and Unsolved in all Obsessed Network podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.